Welcome to Connecting with Film, bonding over the big screen. This week, Glass Onion. Everybody, welcome to our podcast. This week we're talking about Glass Onion, a movie written and directed by Ryan Johnson, a Knives Out mystery, so featuring the same wonderful detective as the first Knives Out movie, Benoit Blanc, played by Daniel Craig. Uh, the movie's packed full of stars. Um, we got Edward Norton as Miles Braun, uh, Kate Hudson as Birdie J. And uh, Janelle Monet as Andy. I mean, everybody in this movie is is a star. It's great, and there's tons of cameos. Like Serena Williams is there. Angela Lansbury also makes a guest appearance. Yeah, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is yeah. at Birdie's party in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so great. Uh, with me on the podcast today, you've already heard them a bit. Paul, howdy. Perry, hello who is sweet, and Melanie. <laughs> Hello. So what did you guys think about this movie? Well, unshockingly, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, I, I love a good whodunit, and I think the one thing that makes this movie a little different is it's not like... that. It's not written so well that you can just like break down every clue and feel really good about where it goes it has it's definitely cliche in some areas but i think i kind of went into it more just expecting a fun entertaining laugh out loud at different times movie and i wasn't really expecting to have this like gripping whodunit clue following mystery and so with that in mind i really enjoyed it a lot so funny I had a little bit harder time. I really enjoyed Knives Out. Knives Out was really good, and that was kind of more whodunit. And I also felt like I was able to connect well with the protagonist, but had a hard time knowing who the protagonist was and dual protagonist. Kind of um, <laughs> what's going on here or there, and there are just some some plots, that, things I was like, what? Why would you send an invitation to someone you killed? So just some things like that. that Because he's trying to let people know he didn't do it. He's covering his Mm -hmm. tracks. There you go. If he knew she was dead, he wouldn't send her a box. Also, if she was alive, he would be like taunting her. So, and as we know, he's a jerk. Anyways, I'm not trying to answer all of Paul's questions. (laughs) I want to explore them. Uh, But for those of you who aren't as familiar, haven't seen the movie in a month like some of our podcasters, (laughs) let me remind you, five longtime friends are invited to the Greek island home of billionaire Miles Braun. They all know each other from long in the day, and somebody gets murdered, and they all have reasons to kill him, and Daniel Craig is there, and we solve a mystery. Featuring Ed Norton's surprise face. <laughs> I was going to say, all you need to say is Daniel Craig's there. Your foghorn leg horn. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part is when he puts the, the hot sauce in his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. 
There were some really good funny moments in here. It was so funny. I I love. I laughed like the whole time. I yes. really enjoyed it. I wasn't as big of a fan of the first Knives Out, um, because the the story didn't really grip me. Um, but I loved this one, and I enjoyed being like, "Who's the protagonist?" Afterwards, and I like texted somebody else who had seen. I texted my cousin. I was like, "What do you think?" And it was great. What were you gonna say, Melanie? I keep cutting you off. Oh, and I actually wasn't going to say anything. I've just been reacting to everyone else. But I will say something since you Please. put me on the spot. <laughs> um, I, um, unsurprisingly, I loved both uh, the original Knives Out and this movie. Um, <laughs> I, but I really enjoyed all the twists and turns in the plot. Um, it's movies like this that make me um reconsider my career as a, a screenwriter because i'm like <laughs> i could never come up with something this clever with all these twists and turns and make it work so well um but i really like the midpoint reversal that was actually a double reversal was like so good in my opinion um like whenever we think there's been a second murder and then we get the flashback to like what's happened and why how daniel craig got here to this island and then you're like oh that's why he's crying because he's so sad that his friend and then you're like wait a second and then it's like a double reversal where they're still kind of like obviously like she wasn't dead you're like all this stuff like oh yeah classic ryan johnson yes switch it, it, switch it switch it very again. good double triple switcheroo shenanigans that i really enjoyed um yeah. and like like perry said i I think like thriller, whodunit, mystery plus humor is like my favorite genre. So like mm -hmm. I really, really enjoy stuff like this where I'm like, I had a really good time and I think that was really clever and well done and I just enjoyed it and I would watch it again. So yeah. I laughed the second viewing. <laughs> the jokes hold. I, I think of this genre more like I don't know have you, have you guys seen See How They Run no no, no? that one came out this year and it was like a, supposed to be like a whodunit but it was also more of a cleverly written comedy um, and so I associate this movie Glass Onion a little more with that where it's kind of relies more on the comedy the characters less on the clue reveals and making you follow along and think whereas like I think of like murder on the orient express as like a a pure whodunit like giving you clue 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 asking you to figure it out as you go and that's if you're not doing that you're probably not liking murder on the orient express um and so that's why i think i really enjoy both this movie and see how they run because it's just like a good entertainment you don't necessarily have to be you know mr sherlock holmes in the theater yeah that's a good point i think one of the things i and some people might not like this because it might feel like, well, like you said, Perry, like, let me figure it out. Give me the clues. And But mm -hmm. I appreciate when the, the first Times Out does this a little bit, but I think this one did it even more pronounced. But showing you, like, feeding you the clues, basically, in a way that's, like, and the way they do that is by showing you the same scenes again, but from a different perspective, which I really like. It's like the first mm. time you're in, you know, Benoit Blanc's head when we saw this, uh, this scene, and now we're seeing it like from, from,
from Andy's perspective, like, mm-hmm. the, and then in doing so, you're revealing a clue. And I, I think that was, was fun. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I enjoyed it. I, we don't talk about like directors as much usually or, or writer directors, but with Ryan Johnson, when I go to see one of his movies, I just think in my head, okay, it's going to twist at least once, probably twice. I'm just excited to see what the reveal and the twist is. And I'm going to laugh because mm. his visual comedy is actually like really strong. Like I would say one of the strongest directors out there right now mm-hmm. he does a yeah. lot of funny stuff with he the made camera. a really good star wars movie in my mind <laughs> uh, yeah let's yeah, not that, talk that, about that yeah that's a can of worms maybe we shouldn't get <laughs> it's like 10 podcasts yeah uh, <laughs> if you want to talk more about that you can uh find me and message me on other uh, you can platforms. use the internet and days and weeks um yeah, yeah after uh, i watched glass onion i i literally texted Derek like I desperately need Ryan Johnson and Daniel Craig to make a murder mystery movie together every two years for the rest of forever. So yeah. and they probably yeah, I said will. we'd start a petition. If you're listening, please continue making these movies. <laughs> as long yeah, as and, Netflix and sign keeps the petition. <laughs> I'm Ryan Johnson and I'm signing the petition that I should be making movies every two years yeah. with Daniel Craig. Hey, <laughs> what did you guys oh. <laughs> I was just I was probably gonna jump into exactly what you were going to ask. Sure. Uh, I was going to say, what do you guys think of the like underlying satire against the wealthy, rich influencer uh, that is kind of an underlying theme? You have all of these characters except for Andy or I guess Andy's uh, identical twin, which is another cliche all in <laughs> itself. But all of them have their own kind of selfish... Um, incompetence that is kind of hiding behind their finances or their influence or whatever and he's definitely making kind of a jab at like this idea that that you know I don't know he's, he's definitely putting the rich influencer in a negative light so I don't know how did you you guys perceive that it's definitely a theme of the movie <laughs> um, I think <clears throat> It's fun because uh, it's kind of like Daniel Craig solves the mystery by just using his own eyes and brain instead of going along with what everyone thinks. Uh, So I think that's kind of the main lesson in my mind from that is that there are a lot of rich, powerful people who seem really impressive. Um, And I think it's important to keep looking and and thinking and and Mm -hmm. most importantly remembering um that maybe we shouldn't trust these people or buy their brand of clothing or whatever they sell because maybe they're not someone we should be supporting we're just idolizing like you know i think it's it kind of like we're in this like idolizing culture of like if you ask people who they you know even if like young kids who they idolize or who they look up to or whatever and then it's almost always like rich people or just popular influencers and it's like i guess it it begs this question and this is not included in one of the questions i'll ask at the end but maybe it is i don't know uh like what lengths would you go to to achieve rich like like uh wealthiness fame influence all of the characters in this movie go to extreme lengths and sacrifice their own dignity and self-worth uh to do so 
one of them says, I literally sold my soul for this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's that. I think it's interesting that I think there's an underlying thing in this movie that's not just like I don't think it's explicitly like being rich is bad and all rich mm-hmm. people are evil. I think because there's one person in this movie implicitly who is rich and not evil and that's Andy. Mm-hmm. Um and it seems like for the first mm, 50 to 75% of the movie that she has lost that Andy because she was a good rich person with morals that she Andy's sister no like Andy herself oh like, don't know Andy's dead you don't know it's not Andy her. um it seems like she because she had morals she lost like that you don't get ahead by being rich but also having morals and then it kind of flips on its head and like ultimately Andy in in the form of her sister like ends up winning um and so i think there is an element of like you can be rich and kind of like if you're not corrupted kind of like all these other people like you can potentially still make a difference still kind of be that kind of like beacon of hope i guess so mm-hmm. but yeah it, it's almost the same when i'm like does does money corrupt or mm-hmm. Like, kind of like what came first, the money or the corruption? Like, you know, it, it, I think it's interesting. It's both. <laughs> There's room for both. The chicken and the egg appeared at the same time. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think there's definitely the theme of maybe the, the influencers or the people in power aren't all they're cracked up to be. And in fact, um, Mr. Blanc says, you know, as you're looking at all the layers, sometimes it's what's true is right in the middle. It's easy to see. And the thinking about um, the director and the writer, kind of where he was coming from, he got rightfully or wrongfully slammed for uh, a big film that he was working on and then um, had this hit film with Knives Out and then did the sequel. And so maybe, and it would be interesting to, to ask him, like how much of this was based on the Hollywood influencers mm who um, took him to task for a film that he poured his heart and soul into. What is it? Occam's razor. Sometimes the most simplest explanation is the correct one. And just kind of looking mm-hmm. at this history, he seemed to kind of say that over and over again, like, no, it's not that complicated. What you see is what it is. I thought that was really interesting. I will say I was uh, a little frustrated finding out that they did the, the twin sister routine. <laughs> Because I feel like I've seen that quite a few times, having the, the identical twin and everybody's like, what? You know, I think of immediately think of Prestige, um, but there's a few others, I think, out there. <laughs> that movie's crazy. <laughs> I think this film does a great job of also showing what the end goal is. So if you're willing to sacrifice everything for something you think you want, the end goal is you have to just compromise everything, even your friendship or the people closest to you i think of just every character and how they just can constantly kind of belittle themselves to to stay or to try to keep what they thought they earned Mm. yeah i do think there 
are probably a few other themes in this movie than just <laughs> rich people um, getting their getting loyalty, their friendship. Yeah, I just blanked on what I was going to say, but I think I think there are you Benoit blanked. Boo! It's like a donut Hey, we practiced that one before <laughs> the podcast. No, um, there is this element of like, what are you willing? to like take risks for and what are you willing to sacrifice for? Like, I think some of them, it seems like are just after money and fame and power, but there are some of them who seem less implicated than others just based off of like what their end goals are. Obviously like Andy, the original Andy, like her, her thing was, you know, wanting to make sure what they were backing was safe and tested. And so she's like, I'm going to risk basically my whole company to, to not to like stand up for not doing this. And, and then later other people were like, I'm going to risk everything I have to do this. So I think it is interesting, like what, what people chose to focus on. Um, Money, please. Yes. Money, please. (laughs) Yeah, and in thinking about it, it it actually isn't that dissimilar from the characters in the original Knives Out. They're all like playing this family role because Patrick Stewart's character was writing them checks, you know, like fake friendship, fake family driven by the context of money. Yeah, and I don't want to make it seem like that's the only theme, but that does, it is prominent. Um, I also think there's an element of like, what do you want to be remembered for, which is kind of tied in to what I was saying before, but I think it's slightly different. Like the Mona Lisa thing is like a very underlying thing we haven't talked about yet, um, where Miles, the billionaire, basically like hit what, what everyone said about him was he wanted to be remembered in the same like sentence as the Mona Lisa. Mm-hmm. And that ended up being his downfall. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was so poetic. So, so poetic <laughs> yeah, and good. beautiful. But um, it, it seemed like he would just wanted to be famous for the sake of being famous. Um, and and that, that was his downfall. But I also think there is a theme of hope, um, particularly in like the, the sister um, hope and or lack thereof, like, some people are like, oh, there's no, there's no point. There's no hope. So I might as well like go along with this scheme because there's no hope of it turning out differently versus like, because I don't remember Andy's sister's name, but, and she had hope that the little guy could win, even though there were all these big, you know, bad actors, like not literally they're great actors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was willing to go to far lengths too for what she valued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget that like there's kind of a theme of like how long will you guys stay silent and keep letting him blackmail you and at the end they yep. stand up and they're like we're done. I mean at the end there is that hope that these people have kind of maybe gotten a little redemption um yeah. and nah. realize that they <laughs> want to make it like that that's not what they've been doing isn't worth it you know um they're not too far gone yeah see i think 
that is something that we want to think as people who believe in hope and compassion. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they're just like spiting him because he sucks and made their lives more difficult. I don't even think it's like hope and compassion. I think they're still the same people okay. just turning on him because they want to to feel better. To They want to ruin him now. Or they don't want to be taken down with him because they've yeah. seen that he's now not someone they want to be linked up with. Yeah. I don't think there's any redemption for any of them. Even though we get that moment that feels like it, but that's, I guess that's maybe. I, mean, a was, I still, I still like that moment being there though. Oh, me too. It's great. We're it talking feels about it right great now. as a viewer. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I'm really glad he's yep. there. They all lied in court. They're all going to be implicated in all this stuff. So mm-hmm. no one's getting away kind of scot-free. Moving on into the like questions. I think this is kind of deep. So it makes me think what is something you're chasing in terms of you think will give you worth. Uh, All of the characters in this movie think that their worth is in their fame, in their influence, in their finances, in being on the magazine, in getting more YouTube followers, and that drives them to do bad things and be okay with bad things as long as they're achieving their worth or whatever. And I think it makes you think, what is it that brings you worth value and does that ultimately satisfy i i don't you know it's interesting question to think about i'm gonna say no because that's the movie kind of leads that way (laughs) yep if you've uh, been paying attention yeah everybody is kind of miserable um and having to live with yourself is also something you will do your entire life um which would be difficult I just have to say my my question is how about Daryl, <laughs> right? Oh man, he the random me up. guy who was just like <laughs> at the place for that yeah, reason. yeah. Hey, I'm not here. I'm not I'm here. Not here. And it's we like, never oh. ever learn what he is. He's going through I, some things, man. I honestly <laughs> thought it. he was gonna be like part of it at one point. I was like, this guy is so like, glad why he is wasn't. he here. I know. You guys I have would... any other questions before we wrap up? Yeah, I'd like to know, has there ever been a time where you pretended to be someone you weren't? Um, I also think not everyone, I think, would have an example for this. But, like, is has there ever been a time when you, positively or negatively, like, were lifted up by someone else's success? Or, like, you helped to lift someone else up? with your success and like how did that turn out and did you wish you had kind of hitched your wagon to a different person or kind of what what did that look like that's a good question Mel. thanks for listening to our podcast glass onion peel it back with us next time see you later bye Bye. everybody have a good one